come around. Yaakov is a combination. And exclusion of time. Yeah, good, nice. Yaakov is the Bechir. Yaakov is called the Bechir HaAvos. He's the select of the Avos insofar as he combines the best of the best. He takes the Chesed, he takes the Gvura, he synthesizes it at 1 plus 1 equals 3. And it becomes greater than the sum of the parts. Yaakov's the only one of the Avos whose children are all tzaddikim. Flawed, all of us are flawed, but tzaddikim. And, uh, and Yaakov achieves something that's unprecedented. What were you saying before, Devin? What? Yep. Plus Chesed? Excluding Taiva and Gaiva. Right. No Taiva and He weeds it out. That's why he doesn't have any, doesn't have any progeny of the likes of Ishmael and Esau. Right. No children like that. But that's, that's, that's Yaakov. Yaakov, he's Metakin Mariv. He, he establishes Mariv for us. Mariv is davening to Hashem in the darkest, in the darkness. That's hard. Right? Seeing Hashem through the darkness. Yaakov's life, all 147 years of it, tough life. As he says to Paro, he says, I've had a hard life. And he has. He had everything. What didn't he have? He had growing up, he had Ace of Russia, he had Lavan to contend with, he had Dina. We, uh, we talked about that story in Shrem yesterday, what happened to Dina. He had the tragedy, Yosef, 22 years, he's bereft of his son. He's, Rachel dies at 36. Shimon, threat of Binyan, he suffers. Vayesh of Yaakov, the Pasuk says, he went, to, he went to have little menucha, little peace of mind in his old age. And Rashi brings the Medrash, what? Lo dailahem, it's not enough for the tzaddikim that they're going to get eternal ulam haba, they want a little comforts in this world. Doesn't work that way. Talmud Echacham Tzadikim, you're going to have to learn this lesson the hard way, all of you Tzadikim. Talmud Echacham Tzadikim, ain't the menucha b'olam hazeh. There's no menucha, there's no comfort, there's no, there's no complacency in this world. You're going to be working the rest of your life. I, I don't think, we don't have that in the Derek brochure. We should, probably, we should probably give you a heads up and warning. You're all going to be working hard in your life. You're going to be experiencing a lot of, a lot of, a lot of difficulty. And you'll be like Yaakov, you know, davening in the darkness and recognizing it's all good. It's going to be, you're going to, have, you're going to go through suffering and, and, and struggles, and you're going to look around and you're going to say, oh, that was a blessing in disguise. I became stronger through them. That's Yaakov's legacy. Right? We, don't, we don't run away from difficulty when it inevitably comes to us in life. We, 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 run into, we, we uh, lean into it. We, we understand that's part of Kaddish Baruch Hu's world, and Hashem is sending it deliberately to make us stronger. And look what Yaakov does. He endures, and more than endures, he makes he becomes Yaakov, becomes he becomes Israel. We are Am Israel. That is our legacy. Leimena, maybe the least talked about of the Avos Limahos. Leah, what do you think about when you think of Leah? I want to hear, hear, hear from new new voices, new voices from people, new voices. What's that? Oh, so she had soft eyes from crying. She thought she's designated for Asa. She has soft eyes. She's crying. She's, she's supposed to be for Asa. Poor, poor girl. Poor girl. What's that? Yeah, Rachel was jealous of her. Not, not the usual jealousy. These are, these are giants. These are great people. So her jealousy was not, was not petty. She was jealous over her skuyos, over her immense, her immense, uh, her, her midos, tovos. Uh, she had tribes. She has Malchus. She's Yehuda. She has Kahuna. She has Levi and, and, the, and the Kohani. Right? But what's her meter? What do you think of her? So the Gemara Brachos says something quite unusual and a little bit hard to understand when you, when you, when you look at it. It says that Lei Menu was the first person, first person ever in the history of the world to say thank you, Hashem. Oh, yeah. 
And then you think, okay, that's amazing. Wow, you say thank you. You know, Pshita, you say thank you, Hashem. But Leah, I'm sorry, Leah's the first person in life to say thank you, Hashem? What does that mean? I mean, you know, you had some pretty, pretty holy forebears there, right? You're, uh, they, they, they didn't say thank you. Adam Arishon, you know how he said thank you? What does Gemara say? What did Adam, what did Adam Arishon write? You know this? We say this every Shabbos. He authored the chapter in Tehillim that we say on Shabbos called this Mizmor Shir Lioma Shabbos. And what do we say? Tov Lahodos Lashem. Adam wrote those words. It's good to give thanks to Hashem. So what does it mean that Leah said thank you Hashem first? Adam said it before. Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, they didn't say thank you? What's that? After the chait, oh, it's a great fork. Go look at Avos Rabbi Nassan, most profound thing in the world. Look at Avos Rabbi Nassan on that, on that medrash that, that Adam said, thank you, Hashem. Why was he saying thank you? I don't want to, it's not for now, not for now, but, but you'll look it up. Or you'll catch me on the bus or something. It's an appetizer. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. We have so much in our Torah. You just, yeah. So Lehman, what, what is the pshat by? What did she say that nobody else knew? What, what did she get in, in Hoda and Hakara Satov that nobody knew before her? Lehmenu had Ruvain and Shimon. She had Levi, and she figured because all the Imahos were Nevios, they were all prophetic, she knew that there were going to be 12 holy tribes. She knew there were going to be four, four wives to Yaakov. Bila and Zilpah were wives. They were Shvachos, but they were wives. And they were going to have holy, holy children as well. And she did a little bit of math four wives, 12 sons. She figured, good. Baruch Hashem, Hashem has given me, I'm smecha bechalki. I'm happy with my portion. Ashreinu matov chalkeinu. Out of nowhere, unexpectedly, she certainly wouldn't have expected such a thing. She's expecting another child. And she realizes something profound. And a yesod by hakara satov by hoda, the idea of, give, of giving thank you. She said, first, she went to a couple stages. She said, I don't deserve this. I'm getting a fourth. That's more than my share. She named her child Yehuda. From the same Lashon of Moda Ani Lefanecha. Moda, Toda. Hashem, Yehuda, Toda. But then she, saw, then she said deeper. She said, wait, I don't deserve Yehuda. Toda, Lashem. I didn't deserve anything. The whole world is one colossal gift. It's all a bracha. We don't deserve anything. And Leah understood, maybe in a more profound way, with the birth of Yehuda, how how everything everything we owe a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's all it's all a gift. These are giants. These are giants. We've just scratched the surface. We could stand here and brainstorm mamish for days and nights and days and nights. People have done that. You should go to the Kibbutz Tzedikim. You should go to the Avos the Imahos because they um, become part of your life. You take a piece away from me. That's why I love going. I go, I go to Kibbutz Tzitim all over Israel. There's nothing like Mars Machpelo, though. Uh, take, a piece, take a piece with you. Questions? Anybody have an insight? Why What is it? What does It was a cave with a Machpelo, with a double-layered, a, a, two, a two-story house of sorts. And that was, I, I alluded to that earlier. It's hard to figure out how that works in the cave. Some kind of a do- double-decker in there. It's all underground and un- inaccessible anyway. It's not, that's a Musaf, that's an addition, that's what it means, addition. And it was a Korban. It was a Korban, and we, we now daven, we now daven in replace, since our tefillah comes in place of the Korbanos, and Shalom Farim Sfasenu, so now we, Gemara uh, Brachos also talks, but it wasn't given by one of the Abels, the Mahos. Um, yeah.
Yeah, they're not talked about. They don't. They're not the same status. They're not the same level. They were not in the VOS, so I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't want to give them equal, equal footing because Chazal don't. They weren't in the VOS. They weren't in the VOS. Like, I feel like Yaakov would like, like not in a via, like almost like, like below him, you know? Right, right. Oh, right. One, one, more, one, one, last, one last story about the, um, about Mas Machpelah. When Avram Avinu purchases Mas Machpelah, you all know the famous story, you all know the famous story when Ephron sells it to him. Uh, this is another Kliyakar, another Kliyakar about, about uh, Ephron's sale. You notice something kind of strange there. Ephron is written in the very beginning of, the, of their negotiations, B'Shem Male. Ephron. Ein Fe Reish Vav Nun Ephron. By the end of the negotiations, oddly, he's missing his Vav. He loses his Vav. The Kliakar massively puts it all together. This is really one for the ages. He says like this. He says, every single time, how much did Avram spend for this, for this piece of property? 40,000. 400. 400. 400 big ones. It was apparently, um, it was an outrageous price. Even though Ephron sounds like he's being generous, nothing of the sort. He is absolutely overcharging. Avram is thrilled to pay. It's, Hebron is one of the three places in the world. The, the Medrash tells us that the Jews purchased fair and square, and there should never be an argument in the future over these places. This is the first. Yeah, that's, the, that's exactly the reaction. The first is, is Avram Vinu's purchase of Hebron, Mars and Hebron. The second, we saw Danny, Danny and I saw yesterday. Second, Shechem. Who purchases it? Yaakov for 100 Ksita, Mea Ksita. The third is Harabai David for the two different, two different numbers given. In, uh, in Malachim, it was 150, and in, in Divar Yom, it says 600. Nobody should ever contest these places. They're Jews. They belong to us. So he purchases this, uh, this property, this great real estate, and he's happy to spend whatever it costs. Made a good investment. When it, the Kliakar points out, the number 400 is significant. Every time you see it, it always represents what? Oh, this is gold. This is great. Oh, this is so good. You'll love this. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know this thing. Uh, he says it's the same. It's the gematria for 400 is the gematria for raw ayin, evil eye. And every single time you find the number 400, you find an example of somebody who has an evil eye in contrast to somebody who has a good eye. Evil eye, stingy, generous. It's all about me. Life is about me in the first person, Right? Ayin Tov is the exact opposite. It's the Avos, the Imahos, the complete other, directed, other directedness. It's Bittel Ani. I don't count. I'm nothing. Two more minutes. Bittel Ani, right? No, I don't exist. So that's Ra Ayin, evil eye. In the story of Avram and, and Ephron, it's obvious Ephron is the embodiment of an evil eye. In the story, in the story Avram is the, is, the good, is the generous one. The next story we find 400. Years. Before then, that's that's the third one. That's the third. Esau had four hundred men. He's walking when Yitzchak comes. When, when Yaakov returns here to Shmuel Parshas Vayishlach, he confronts Esau. Esau is the epitome of the evil eye against Yaakov's Ein Tov, and the four hundred men slip away. The next four hundred is 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 the four hundred years of slavery. Yosef Ein Tovah he sustains Klal Yisrael in their in their in their difficult Egyptian. Uh, slavery in the uh, original Egyptian period before their slaves um, against the four brothers who at the time at least have an ayin ra towards Yosef. 
The last one is a little less, little less known, 25th parak of Shmuel. David is coming, a refugee from Shaul, being chased by Shaul around the country with 400 men. And he, he, he wants to take up some, he wants to, uh, to uh, be, be, be hosted by a wealthy man in the, Hev- in the uh, Hev- South Hebron Hills, a man by the name of Naval, a Naval Peshusa Torah, if ever there was one. And um, Naval won't take David in. The epitome of the evil eye. Ephron, in the course of his dealings, starts with a vav. What does the vav six symbolize in Judaism? It's, we have, it's brachos. It's more brachos too. It's the six brachos of Birkas Kohanim. I mentioned Birkas Kohanim earlier today, the earliest, the oldest fragment of the Torah that we know about today that we have. Yivarecha Hashem v'yishmerecha. Ye'er Hashem panavelecha v'yichunecha. Yisa Hashem panavelecha v'yasem... If you see Shalom, six brachos. Six, wherever you track this, every time you see six, some bracha is indicated. Ephron has an opportunity to do an act of kindness for Avram, to, to, to give him or to sell him this cave for something reasonable. He doesn't do that. He lowers himself to the lowest plane of human existence, pure greed, pure selfishness, loses his vav. The name Ephron afterwards in Gematria? 400. He becomes the embodiment of the evil eye. Says the, uh, says the Kliyakar. Everything about this place is just perfect. It's just, it's just so, just right. Um, let's go explore some more.